You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode 60. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for joining me today. This is wrapping up the summer cool off series that we've been having this month. And next month, we'll start off with a new theme. But I'll tell you about that at the end of this episode, because I've got another great guest lined up for you that I know you will absolutely love. I wanted to make the final reminder, final being the big hint here, uh, that the enrollment for the Fearless Money Sisterhood is opening soon. And if you want the power of community to help you not only gain the confidence you need to master your finances, get on the wait list. You can find this at jenhemphill.com forward slash fearless. It just takes one to two minutes to make sure it's a right fit for you. And if it is, I just encourage you to put your name and email so you can be among the first to know, get early access to the community, some free training for only those on the wait list and special pricing. I'm telling you, it is worth your while to be on the wait list. If you were really interested in this program or even remotely interested. So let me tell you what you'll learn about in today's episode. You're going to learn how our guests managed to go to college with only having to take out a $5,000 school loan. And that is in Canadian dollars. Uh, you're also going to learn the leap of faith that moved her and her husband to Toronto with no job and very little money. And you're going to learn about, about the story behind her $250 leather jacket purchase and what resulted from it. So let me share with you a little bit about Jessica. Jessica Morehouse has been blogging about personal finance for over four years at jessicamorehouse.com. And let me add to this that this is an award-winning blog. She is also the host of the Mo Money podcast. And having gone through many ups and downs throughout her personal finance journey, she wants to help others understand how they can take control of their lives by taking control of their money. So let's go ahead and meet Jessica. Welcome, Jessica, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you just because, well, one, you're a fellow podcaster like myself, mm -hmm. and I feel like there's we have so much in common. Just listening to your story, reading about you, we have so many similarities, <laughs> so it's just going to be really, really fun uh, talking to you. So yeah. you ready to dive in? I'm ready. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do so it. I want to know more about how you grew up around money. It always fascinates mm -hmm. me to listen to people's stories about how they grew up, what they saw, what they experienced that helped shape them mm -hmm. uh, later on in life. 
Sure. Well, um, yeah, money has shaped my life definitely since uh, childhood. I, uh, you know, my parents, they got married really young, like in their 20s, and they were broke, and they didn't know what they were doing. They started a family very early. And uh, because of that, we, you know, didn't have a lot of money at the beginning. And um, so even, you know, when I was at school, I was very aware that I didn't have as much money as some of my friends. Not to say that, you know, we were poor or anything. I mean, my God, we we still lived in the suburbs and, you know, I I got everything I needed, but it was just very, you know, we never went to Disneyland because we could never afford a trip like that. You know, if we went on a summer trip, it was, you know, we would rent a van and then go someplace in, uh, you know, from Vancouver. So we'd just travel someplace to in British Columbia, like Penticton or something like that and go camping Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so because of that, uh, it was always kind of apparent. I'm like, you know what? I don't always want to live like this. Not that it was a bad life at all. I had a great childhood, but I kind of always wanted to see where I could go. Yeah. I, my parents used to always kind of say, you know, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. And I just, yeah, I just want to not have to say that when I was an adult, I wanted to see mm-hmm. how I can, um, make a change. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I, you know, have always been pretty frugal and just conscious of my money. I started working pretty early. I know, uh, when we talked, uh, uh, offline, you know, you said that you started babysitting and, uh, when you were very young and I also started babysitting, I think in middle school, I got my first, uh, real job, uh, at a fast food restaurant. It was a terrible, terrible job, but it paid, you know, it, it helped me, uh, make some money. I think when I was 15 and then I've never stopped working since then. I've always had a job when I was in high school and then university and then, now I, I work full time and I have, you know, my personal business on the side. And so I'm just kind of a hustler. <laughs> I, I, hear I hear you. So you mentioned your parents uh, talked about not having money and couldn't mm-hmm. afford things. Did they give you any money advice uh, growing up? Um, well, they definitely said, don't start a family super young (laughs) if you can, uh, you know, delay it. And they also didn't have the opportunity to go to university. They both went to, um, a technical college and so they got certificates, but because they didn't get degrees, they, um, weren't able to necessarily take their careers to, you know, um, a certain level. And so they always really put, um, that as an important thing when I was growing up and I have two sisters as well. And so university and graduating with a degree was very, very important in my family. And so, um, and also, um, debt, like somehow we, we never had, you know, again, we were, you know, middle-class, uh, family, but, um, luckily we didn't actually have any debt besides, I guess our, our mortgage. We never had like huge credit card debt or anything like that. So th- I did learn from that in that, you know, um, we definitely lived within our means and that's something that I've continued to do as an adult. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. That's perfect. Now you talk about being frugal, share with us some, what do you do as far as being frugal? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it helps that I don't have, I'm not like a, a big lover of shopping. I, you know, if I have to go, you know, get something new for my wardrobe, it's more like a task, not like, oh, yay, I get to go to the mall. I hate the mall. It's really busy. <laughs> and I usually just like to go in and out and get what I need. Um, so, so that does help me just not really enjoying like go, like the act of shopping. But 
I think I just, I am a bit of a, a money hoarder and I don't like to spend my money because I, you know, have been working since I've, I, I was 15 and it's, I know I work really hard for my money. And so I, I it's really hard for me to let it go. <laughs> I hear you. I, I've been there as well, for mm -hmm. sure. And with college, um, mm -hmm. tell me about your college. Cause you mentioned no yeah. dads, right? So tell me yeah. about your college experience, what you did. Oh, I want to hear that for sure. for sure. So, uh, so I, um, I, I didn't have, you know, money to go to school. My parents didn't, um, save when I was a kid. And so I knew if I wanted to go to university and get a degree to better, you know, my career down the line, I needed to pay for it myself, which I am proud to say that I did. I did get a little bit of, uh, help, I think in my last year, um, from my family, but you know, in general, I, uh, paid for the whole thing myself, which is, is uh, you know, <laughs> a heartbeat, a heartbeat. No, that is definitely something to be proud of. Uh, yeah. Cause that yeah. is now easy, not easy. So tell me how no. that, how, you know, how did you pay for it? Cause you yeah. lived at home, right? I, I lived at home. So that was a, a choice, um, to save mm -hmm. money. Cause I knew I couldn't afford to go to a school and live on campus or rent a place. I also chose a university that was very close to my parents' house. It was, you know, luckily it was a very good university and it had the, uh, the program that I wanted to uh, go to. So that was helpful. But yeah, I lived with my parents and I took the bus to school every day. And uh, I worked for, you know, um, a couple of years in uh, high school to save up for um, university. And also I was lucky enough to uh, get an entrance scholarship. So that paid for my first year of university. So that was very helpful. And then I, I worked honestly like 20 to 30 hours a week when I was in university. So I, I worked every weekend wow. for five. And I also took five years to do my degree instead of four because, well, part of it was because I, I did one year of university and then I applied for the specific um, film program. That's a four year program. So I actually was in school for five years, but it was also great having that five years instead of that condensed four years because I had more time to work and save up to pay for my education. Though I will right. be honest, I did take out a student loan in my last year. It was only $5,000. And honestly, most of it went to my, um, like I said, I was in the uh, a film program. And so for our last year, our major project for the entire year is a, a short film, a graduation short film. And so that costs a lot of money and it cost me $5,000 to make it. And that mine was actually one of the cheapest ones because I was very money conscious. Lots of people <laughs> spent like 10 grand on their films. So, so I didn't, you know, kind of graduate without any debt, but just a very tiny amount of debt. And I right. paid it off pretty well, quickly too. That is nothing in comparison to the normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm debt. very thankful that, uh, I was able to wait until my last year to take out a student loan. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. tell me you're married. Mm -hmm. So yes. I love to know how you manage your money in your home. Is it, are you the money manager mate the one more as far as that pays the bills? Tell me a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Um, well, so yeah, my husband and I, we've been married for almost three years. We've been together for nine and I think we, we lived together for, I believe two years before we got married. And so it's definitely changed how we manage money when we were just dating and living together and then, uh, being married, which was interesting. Cause I, I, I didn't really expect that to happen, but just our priorities changed. And, um, when we were living together, everything was separate. We, um, 
we, I mean, we kept everything separate. So all of our joint bills, um, we would just uh, basically pull all of our receipts or, or look at what the bills were coming up. And I would, um, at the time, my husband was the one who uh, physically paid the bills and he would uh, email me what I owed and then I would email transfer him the money and then he would pay it off. Like it was not the best system. It got it done and it was, you know, but it was, it was a lot of work actually just keeping tabs on everything. Now that we're married, um, we made the choice to kind of be separate, but together. So we have a joint, um, checking account for all of our bills. And so we, we have all of our kind of regular bills. And so we put the exact same amount each, uh, into the, uh, account every month. And then we do have some joint, uh, investments, but otherwise I have my own checking and savings accounts and my own investments and he has his own. So we, you know, have joint money so we can work towards our same goals and we also can pay off our bills and it's kind of split down the middle. So we're both taking responsibility for that. But then uh, we're also, have that kind of freedom where, you know, we won't, we can't get mad at each other for like, Oh, why did you buy that? It's like, well, it's my money. And we're both, and we talk about money a lot. So if you did, you know, buy something very expensive, we live in a very tiny apartment. So I would definitely know. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no, there is no place to hide anything in this apartment. So we definitely have a, a good system, I think of trust and just, independence but also that togetherness where we're working towards something together that's beautiful because I know a lot of people as far as when they're married or um they trying to figure out should we join accounts should we keep things separate and Mm -hmm. I think it's always really important to look at your dynamics your personalities Exactly. Because um, I think you do have to have some sort of independence. And if you have those everything joint, which is fine. I know that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. But we also have our own allowance, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where it's like no questions asked. You know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. ask him what he spent his money on. And <laughs> he's mm-hmm. not going to ask me. This is our guilt free money. No yeah. questions asked to do as we please. So um, I think that's beautiful. And so, but take us a little bit. So do you, I know you have the, uh, conversations with your husband mm-hmm. all the time around money, which I think is fabulous. Cause I think that's so important, but can you tell us a little bit about, um, do you use, what kind of tools do you use? Do you use mm-hmm. a spreadsheet? Are you more traditional in terms of paper and pencil? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, we're definitely a spreadsheet person and I am, even though we are kind of, you know, separate, but together in terms of our our budgeting, I am kind of the person that, you know, is the money manager just because I like doing it and he doesn't like doing it. That's kind of the main thing. So I have all of, make sure that I'm always monitoring our money every month. I also, uh, take an account of how, like how much money is in, in every account. So we can kind of look month by month in a spreadsheet and I'm a very big spreadsheet fan to see, you know, what's gone up, what's gone down. And so we can look at the full year and see where we start and where we are now, which is kind of cool. And he would never do that because he just isn't, doesn't like spreadsheets and math and nothing like that. And I like doing that. So that's kind of how <laughs> we do it again. Yeah. 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 But I've actually like, again, like when it comes to budgeting and we also, you know, our dynamic is I work, um, a full-time kind of nine to five. I, you know, get, um, that paycheck every two weeks, but my husband's a freelancer. So his, uh, you know, income is very up and down and he doesn't really know how much he's going to 
make until he's either doing his taxes at the end of the year or he'll have an, a better idea halfway through the year. Like, okay, I think this is what my, you know, my income is going to be for the year. So that's definitely something that's interesting in our lives just because I'm very, I like structure and I can structure my mm-hmm. money, but when it comes to his, and that's also part of the reason I think we do the separate by t- but together because pooling our money together and him, his income being so, you know, we can't really, um, predict it, it would have, I think just been kind of a headache for me. So I'm like, you can just deal with that on your own and budget what makes sense for you. And I'll just budget on my own, but spreadsheets are kind of my, my go-to. I hear you. I was going to ask, well, how do you budget with that? You know, what are your tricks of the trade of doing that? So it's just with his income fluctuating, Mm -hmm. he just, there's certain portions that he's quote unquote responsible for that. He knows that no doubt in his mind, he can take care of with exactly. what he makes. Yeah. Okay. Like he always has an idea like, and every year just because, you know, he, he, he's a freelancer, he's a music engineer. And so every year his, um, client base gets bigger and he does make more money, but still that specific number he doesn't know. So how he budgets, it's a little bit more like, he just monitors his day-to-day spending. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. And, you know, if there is a big purchase, we'll talk about it and see, do you really need some more speakers? I don't think so. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so his is a little bit more fluid, whereas mine is a bit more structured where I give myself, you know, this is how much I can spend every week on myself and, and so forth. Perfect. Okay. And what would, I know we talked about your college experience and Mm -hmm. you having paid for it yourself. Would you say that is your proudest money moment or do you have another one you want to speak about? Um, That was one of my proudest, but I'd I'd say my proudest right now is, you know, kind of the the big thing that has happened in our lives was a couple years ago, we made a really big uh, and risky decision to quit our jobs and sell everything we owned and move from Vancouver to Toronto because we want to really jumpstart our careers. I um, knew that what I want to do, it it would take me a little while longer to get to that point in Vancouver. And there's just a lot more going on in Toronto. And so we made a big leap, moved here to see if we could really um, jumpstart our careers. And we've been here for three years and it's, it's absolutely paid off. I almost doubled my income. My husband has also increased his income quite a bit. He's, you know, and, and gotten a different clientele base that he wouldn't have had the opportunity to have had we stayed back in Vancouver. And I mean, we did this with not knowing anybody in town. We had a sublet for the summer at this uh, apartment, but otherwise after two months, we had to find our own place. We had no income coming in. I had a little bit from um, blog income, but it was tiny. And uh, yeah, we basically just had our emergency fund to keep us afloat and we had to figure out how to make money real quick. <laughs> right. That is definitely determination at its yeah, finest. It's definitely so, like survival mode at its core. <laughs> that is awesome. And how about let's talk about uh, your worst purchase or maybe your worst money spent. What would you say that would be? <laughs> Uh, luckily I I don't have like a huge, uh, worst purchase, but there are times where I'll buy something that 
several years ago we went to portland and what's great about portland is they don't have sales tax and also at the time the canadian dollar was i think on par with the american dollar so when we went shopping and there was no tax i'm like oh my gosh and everything is so much cheaper in the states compared to canada i felt like a kid in a candy store so i think i I went a little bit crazy and bought a few things that i normally wouldn't buy so i bought myself this really nice at the time i thought it was a really nice leather jacket and it was normally 500 dollars, but it was on sale for like 250 i'm like wow this is such a good deal so i bought it i never wore it and i'm so mad at myself <laughs> i'm so mad at myself it just hung in my closet once in a while i tried on and i'm like do i still like this do i still like this and i think the last time i i brought it i even brought it to toronto because i'm like maybe i'll try it out in toronto maybe it's more of a toronto jacket and i never wore it I brought it back home to Vancouver and I showed my little sister. I'm like, do you like this? Is this a cool jacket? She's like, no. (laughs) And she's kind of a fashionista. She's like, no, that's not a cool jacket at all. I'm like, damn it. What a waste of money. (laughs) That is funny. That is funny. Yeah. We all have those, that one purchase that we make that (sighs) we're like, why did I do this? (laughs) I was so confident when I bought it too. And then I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, who knows what we think in that moment, right? I know. Was that I maybe know. an impulse purchase? It was definitely an impulse purchase. <laughs> and I think I was it was the the fact that I thought it was getting such a good deal. It would be dumb not to buy it. And then I'm like, oh please, no. <laughs> That's what they yes, want you to businesses do. Know what yeah. they're doing when they're I marketing know. to you, I tell you. <laughs> I know, I bought right into it. Oh, that's funny. And who would you say influenced you the most in the area of money? Mm-hmm. Um, in my personal life or just anyone yeah, in general, in, in general, general. Mm-hmm. um, well, I, you know, I definitely, um, credit my parents for, um, they did talk about money, uh, fairly openly. And also my older sister, she, I'll give her credit cause she was the one who actually got me into reading personal finance blogs and introducing oh. me to that world. And cause she was starting to do that when she, um, finished university and was, um, looking into that stuff. And then I just got hooked. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, I, I read a lot of blogs. I read a lot of books. There's so many amazing people out there. I'd say, one of the people that I keep going back to, um, who's just, uh, she's really big in Canada is, uh, Gail Vaz Oxlade. And she, um, you know, is an author and she's also had lots of reality shows and she's just kind of a, you know, give it to you straight kind of woman, which I really like. And she's, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> awesome. And how about, uh, cause you, so she's also, um, writes books and stuff yeah she's an author and she's had uh, lots of different shows um about money um you gotta check them out because they're just uh, i binge watched all of them i'm pretty sure when i was like first moved out of my parents house and um didn't have cable but i had internet and i could watch all of her um, past tv shows on um the channel site and there's one called uh, till debt do, do us part and it's about couples that um are married and that are in debt and they need some help so Oh, that would fun. be interesting. I'm going to have to look. Yeah, her I'll send up. you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, and I'll definitely be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And do you have, is there one favorite money book that you have from her or is there, or maybe from another author? Um, You know, I'll say one of my all time favorites. And it was like the first personal finance book that I read that just kind of blew my mind and just really, you know, changed how I perceived money and, and how to, um, manage it was, um, again, this is a Canadian book, but it is actually the most, uh, popular or the, the highest selling book in Canada. It's called the wealthy barber. 
Um, I and have heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely check it out. And he's all, so is by David Chilton, and he also has um, a, another book called The Wealthy Barber Returns, <laughs> the sequel. And it was yeah, the first book I read, and it just kind of it just blew my mind. It was all about. Um, it, it, what was great is it's not just a how-to book, but it's written in a fictional form where there's characters and they're at this barbershop talking about financial situations and you kind of feel like you're in there hanging out with them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, because now that I think about it, how I have heard about this book is from another interview I did for the podcast that she mm-hmm. was also Canadian, our Canadian neighbor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as well. So, yeah, I was like, I think it was her. I think yeah, it was probably. Kelly. So that's interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, tell me, like, I know you use a spreadsheet for your Mm -hmm. finances. Do you have any favorite money related app that you completely love? Yeah. So I used to be a big fan of Mint and I I got a lot out of that. Um, And it was actually really good because me and my husband used that um, for a bit when, when we just put both of our uh, joint or or both of our accounts in there. So I could see what, you know, kind of money he had and he could see what money I had, which was kind of nice just to kind of put it all out there. And I think that was actually one of the first things we did when we got married to really kind of like, we, we both knew what was going on in our finances because we talked about it, but it was like a big reveal. Like, wow, this is really intimate. Like you're showing me the numbers. Okay. (laughs) Um, so definitely like that app and, I've been trying this new strategy um, for just tracking my daily spending because I've been realizing I'm like, I think I'm buying uh, my lunch too much at work. I really need to, you know, see how much I'm spending per day if I am like buying a coffee or whatever at work because I I work in a building where there's essentially a mall on the first floor and it gets very dangerous if you just want to go for a walk at lunch and then you're like, oh, I'll just treat myself to this. And so I've been using this app called One Receipt, which is more used for just tracking your receipts. So you can link it to your email. So if you get a a digital receipt emailed to you, it'll track it. There's also a part of it that you can uh, take a photo of your receipt and then it will digitize it and log it for you. The only thing, it doesn't have a a total, which I I almost, I think I'm going to contact them to see if they can put it in there because it would be so handy if you can see a total amount spent or something, but. Right. So that's so, what I've been trying so to do. Adds it, so it doesn't add it up, but it No, just... but it's just a, a way to kind of archive all of your receipts. So because I, I used to just, I, I used to always, whenever someone would say, say, or a cashier would say, would you like a receipt? I'd be like, no, thank you. I don't want the, you know, paper to recycle. But I'm like, no, I should take the receipt. So A, I have that moment where I have to look at how much I just spent and then doing that extra step where you're taking a photo of it and really looking at it and it's in that app forever. And it really, it, it doesn't just show you a total. It'll break down. Like if you went to the grocery store, it'll log every item you bought on that list, which is great. Cause sometimes when so, you're looking at your credit card bill, you're like, what did I buy there? Right. So, so it basically takes, so you, once you take the picture, it w- doesn't add up the numbers, which would no, be not all together. Yeah. But, uh, it'll let's say you went to you went like Target here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you went and got uh, some groceries and in mm-hmm. that same shopping trip you bought some clothes so it'll mm-hmm. say groceries and clothes it'll separate like that um, it'll 
yeah well the great thing is you can tag it so i actually you can create a tag uh, like personal expenses business expenses and then there's different categories so yeah if you went to target and you got maybe um some groceries but then also some like houseware stuff or whatever i think you could choose it to put it in different categories but then it'd also show you exactly all the items you bought too just so you have an idea so it's called one receipt one receipt yeah i want to try to do something with it but i i'm I'm not sure if it's the right app but i'm trying to figure out just a better strategy for me to track my spending right no that's awesome i'll have to i'm gonna have to check that out that's perfect Mm -hmm. well this has been fabulous uh jessica i appreciate you being here and i definitely encourage you when you're when, if you're listening right now, which you are, <laughs> uh, to check out her podcast, I will definitely put a link uh, to her podcast and her uh, website in the show notes. But Jessica, you know, this uh, podcast is all about keeping things simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you finish this sentence? Uh, her money matters because... Mm. Well, the first thing that kind of pops into my mind is her money matters because she works so hard for it, whether at a job or a stay-at-home mom, no matter what, you were working hard for that money. So take care of it. Perfect. I love that. Again, Jessica, this has been such a treat. It's been so much fun talking to you, and uh, I hope we connect again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Wasn't she awesome? I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. I don't know if you've been able to piece together uh, why I feel we're just so similar, but if not, no worries. I'm going to tell you in a little bit why I feel we're just like so similar. And that's that was one of my takeaways just in talking to her, just confirmed how similar we are. Uh, and then I had another takeaway, so I'm going to share that with you, but I want to give some recognition and a quick shout out like I always do this time to Marcy, who is a part of our Her Money Matters community. And I know it can be intimidating joining a new group full of strangers. And on top of that, it can even be more intimidating talking about money to a group of strangers. But Marcy jumped right in and was very transparent on her uh, money challenges And being aware and so transparent tells me a lot, Marcy. It tells me that you are ready to make a change because you are aware of your challenges and that you are open uh, to learning. So I'm excited to see you grow. I'm excited uh, to see the progress you make and to prosper with your finances. So why do I think Jessica is like another version of me or why do I think she's so similar? So we seem to share a similar story from our upbringing and our parents' view of money to our determination to do different. Then we also went to college while living at home. So that was another similarity as well, uh, our frugalness as well. So I just wanted to share that tidbit. If you hadn't been able to uh, piece that together or maybe there was some bits and pieces that I haven't shared, like uh, living at home while going to college, those type of things. And my other takeaway is that I just really loved her confident explanation of how they manage their finances. As a couple, they have goals that they want to achieve together, but they also have separate accounts for separate 
purposes. Some argue that in a marriage, everything should be done as a couple, right? And to a certain extent, I can see why and I agree. But I also know, as I've mentioned before, and I probably beat this up too much, but personal finance is a journey. It's a rinse and a repeat process. It's ever evolving. And just because you and your spouse are separating your accounts now doesn't mean that it's going to be like this always. You have to do what feels right in your marriage. You have to do what's right at that particular point in your marriage. And things evolve and change and and who knows what will happen in the future. Um, so I just thought that I, I love that confidence about her uh, and how she explained that. So that is a wrap for today. Next month's theme is all about different life situations and how money comes into play with that. So I have various interviews lined up for you to uh, to listen to, and there's no solo episodes. It's just going to be pure interviews in the month of August. So I have some great ladies, um, lined up uh, for you to get to know you uh, for you to get to know and introduce to you uh, from a, a mom who has uh, some children in the autistic spectrum uh, to an, a woman that uh, recently got a divorce uh, to a woman who recently lost her husband and I also have a woman uh, that I'm interviewing that is going to be talking to the single ladies. So for you, the single woman, I know you've been waiting for this. I haven't done a show about it just because I'm not single. So I don't feel that I can talk about money. I can tell you and teach you about money, but from that perspective, it just is, it doesn't do Um, you justice for me to talk about it just like with the other situations right Uh, so I'm looking forward to next month in August look for those interviews um, and that is it so I want to thank Jessica for joining us for just being so transparent sharing such a great story Uh, you can check out the show notes on where to find her and more at jenhempill.com forward slash 60 and don't forget If you've been eyeing the Fearless Money Sisterhood, now is the time to get on that wait list. Uh, And you can do that at jenhemphill.com forward slash fearless. So I'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye.